Have you ever noticed, whenever you meet somebody new, there's always two questions. The first one is, hello, what's your name? Because your name's important. You'd like to know who you're talking to. And, you know, names are important. The second question we generally ask somebody, though, is, what do you do? Because somehow we think that what people do defines them a bit more and we we think that's the overriding factor about who they are because it tells us something about them but why is it that once we learn somebody's name the only other thing or the next important thing we're interested in is what they do is our identity really bound up in what we do that was Andy Wilson, Church Army Evangelist, lead person for the Gloucester and Forest Centre of Mission, and our special guest for the episode today. You are listening to Everyone Everywhere, the evangelism podcast brought to you by Church Army. I'm Chris, and I'm joined by Hannah. So whether you're listening on a computer or a device, turn the volume up, sit back, and enjoy the podcast. It's so great to have you on the show, Andy. We're really excited to chat to you. I couldn't miss out on an opportunity to hear from you. It's, it's great to be part of it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're still zooming away, um, away from the studio and the microphones and the sound booths, but still bringing you the best content that our laptop microphones can handle. If you've been listening to us for a while, welcome back. If you're jumping into the podcast for the first time today, it's nice to have you with us. You've picked a great episode to join because we've got Andy Wilson in the virtual studio with us. Hey, Andy. Afternoon, Chris. So today we are talking to Andy about identity, which I think is a really crucial topic. We so often forget to talk about that key thing of identity and we live our lives not thinking about identity but when I think we nail that and we nail it in relation to how God sees us everything else we do comes from that place so I'm really excited to hear what Andy has to say on this topic. Now Andy you'll talk to us about why when we meet someone for the first time the question what do you do or what do you do for a living should not be the defining thing about us But for our listeners who don't know you, can you just tell us the key things that we should know about Andy Wilson? Yeah, I I like the way you phrased that question there, Chris. (laughs) That was very good. The key things about Andy Wilson, it's interesting if I answer that question, I'm sure if you ask my wife or other people who knew me, they'd probably give different things about Andy Wilson. But some key things about me, I'm originally from God's chosen country of Ireland. I grew up uh, just outside of northwest Belfast. I lost my accent, sadly, whenever I came to England, went to a boarding school in Worcester, which was at the beginning for for boys who were totally blind, and then we merged with a girls' school. And uh, I'm keen on sport and music, so athletics and football are my uh, keen sport hobbies. Uh, I love playing the guitar. Been playing that for for quite a long time. I'm married to Emma. I've got two daughters, Chloe and Grace, and we moved to Gloucester about a year ago, having spent 19 years in Yorkshire, which uh, was quite a culture shock to leave the north and head to, to gradually towards the southwest. 
Thanks, Andy. I'll pick up on a couple of things that you said later on. So we're talking today about the topic of identity. What our listeners heard at the beginning is a short clip from a video series you did on the subject of identity and the importance of how we see ourselves, how God sees us, and how much time we invest in thinking about how we're seen by others, our friends, family, colleagues, our social media followers. And we'll drop a link to those videos in the show notes at the bottom. But can you talk to us a bit about why identity is such an important subject? Yeah, I think for me, for such a long time, I was defined by two key things by a lot of people, either by my blindness or by the fact that I worked with young people. So whenever I used to go to conferences and different places, I used to be introduced as uh, the blind youth leader. The, the, the Andy bit almost became secondary, uh, or if not thirdly, it was it was a long way down the line, but I was the blind youth leader. And um, it was almost as though the blindness defined me, um, or the fact that I was a, a blind youth leader defined who I was. And, and I spent a long time trying to wrestle with who I actually was without these labels being put on me. So I've spent you know, a long part of my life having labels put on me, whether I was at school where members of the care staff would come and find me, even at the age of 11 or 12, whenever anything happened in Northern Ireland or in England going back to the 80s members of the care staff would, would come and find me. And one particular member of care staff used to say to me, no, your boys have been at it again. Regardless of whether it was loyalist or nationalist or whatever it might have been, he grouped it all together and almost blamed me as, a, as, a, as an Irish person. But then, you know, leaving school, my, my head of sick form said, Andy, I have no idea what you're going to be or do because really you haven't succeeded much at school. So I, I left school thinking that I wasn't really necessarily going to succeed at a great deal because that's what I'd been told. That's what I'd spent most of my life hearing. I'd spent a lot of my time at school, uh, I guess, being slightly disruptive because of various things that happened to me. But nobody ever asked me what it was that was going on. All they saw was the disruptive Andy. So they just thought I was disruptive and bad. And I spent a lot of my teenage life just being told off as opposed to anybody genuinely asking what was going on. So, you know, for me, whether it was the Irish, whether it was the, the abuse stuff at school and then my disruptiveness, whether it was the blindness and the youth worker, for me it was kind of like there was almost this fight that I had to, to work through to kind of go, but I'm actually Andy. In the midst of all of that, I'm still Andy. And, and it came to a real head for me about seven years ago when a great friend of mine, former church leader of, of mine, I was, I was in my office, I was doing some typing, and he very generously made me a coffee. And he brought it in and he put it down on the desk next to me, and I knocked the coffee over my computer. Now, being blind, I rely on the voice on computer a lot, in fact, totally. So once I poured the coffee over, the voice got a stutter and it never recovered. So I then faced this challenge of not being able to do what I used to be able to do because I, couldn't, I didn't have a computer that worked. The voice was damaged. The voice didn't work. And then I had to go and get a new one and I had to relearn how to use it. And, and it just meant that I had to stop and slow down from what I was doing. And it really challenged me about who am I as opposed to what do I do? 
I guess a lot of my life I'd spent trying to prove myself who I was to others as opposed to owning who I actually was. And, and that was a really key moment for me. So I think knowing who we are, whether, you know, in the same way as God, the Father, whenever Jesus was baptized, looked and said, this is my son and I am well pleased. And that's before Jesus had healed anybody, fed thousands of people, done any of his major teaching. The Father still said, you know, I am well pleased. And I had to get to that point of realizing that actually God is well pleased with Andy, regardless of whether Andy's blind, regardless of whether Andy's a youth worker, regardless of where Andy comes from, and regardless of Andy's past, God loves Andy. Thanks for that, Andy. If there is someone who would be listening to a podcast like this, who, like you've just described for several years, has been defined by one or a few things in their life and is struggling to sort of shake having their identity in something other than those things, what would you say is a practical step to putting their identity in Jesus? One practical step, one very key practical step is actually finding at least one person, maybe a couple of people who will go on that journey with you. Because mm. uh, actually going, trying to do it alone is, is near on impossible. So I was very fortunate that when I went through the, the situation with the coffee, I mean, my church leader was very embarrassed and, and I've continually ribbed him about it since every time I talk to him about it. So I, I think going on that journey with somebody else, making yourself accountable to somebody, being really honest and allowing a, you know, a good couple of trusted people to speak into your life is really, really important and really valuable because actually they, they will help you. I was listening, uh, dare I say this, I was listening to another podcast, I'm, I'm really sorry, um, uh, the other day, a couple of days ago when they were talking about blind spots and how we need other people to help us see our blind spots you know, as, as leaders, people, uh, and, and, and I just thought, actually, that's really important. So I, I've been very fortunate that I've chosen to ask some people, will you journey with me? Will you continue to ask those tough questions? Will you point things out to me? Uh, and I've given them permission to do that. And, and there are people who I know who care about me, who will support me, who believe uh, in me and recognize what God has done in me. So, you know, those things are really important, but actually not, not doing it alone is so important. It seems like bringing other people into your life is a really key thing. I noticed in one of the videos, you talked about dependence, independence, and interdependence. Can you unpack what those mean and which one you should pursue as a follower of Christ? <laughs> yeah. So uh, d dependence means, you know, very briefly and roughly that actually, you know, we, we are dependent upon others. So we, we don't necessarily try and work things out a little bit with ourselves, but we become very dependent upon other people, which actually almost takes God partly out of the equation because we become so dependent. Uh, we go to other people. We listen to what other people say. We don't necessarily go to God first. And I think, you know, I, I, I've done that in the past, and I know a number of other people who do that, that they go to others rather than going to God. So once we become dependent upon others, then actually that takes away from some of our relationship with God. So independence then means that we don't necessarily even go to God and we don't go to others. 
we try and do stuff in our own strength. Um, now, I don't know about, about you or, or anybody else listening to this podcast, but actually, you know, I know that I only have so much strength to be able to cope with stuff. Um, there was a situation about five years ago when I got um, diagnosed with skin cancer for the first time. And I remember sitting in the consultant's office and just saying, I don't have the strength to face this. But actually, sometimes when we're independent, we try to do stuff in our own strength and we try to keep going. Whereas interdependence means that people can rely on us. We can rely on other people. We can, we can all come to God. But actually, it's not just rely. It's not a, a complete reliance on others. And it's not a complete reliance on self. That actually, it's this relational journeying together. And that's why, you know, get, getting some people around you is so important who can ask those questions and bring those challenges and point stuff out to you. That actually, if you've got a really good relationship, then actually you can ask some of those questions back again if it's a, a good relationship like that. So actually relying on each other, supporting each other, encouraging each other, inspiring each other uh, is a good thing and is a necessary thing. Um, because actually, you know, Jesus called 12, 12 people to journey with him. He didn't tell people to go alone. He told people to journey with others. Whenever he sent the disciples out, he sent them out in twos. He didn't send them out on their own. So, you know, they're there to support and encourage each other. So there are times when things will get tough, and they do get tough. People will say things about us, um, and we can't hide away from that. But it's how we deal with those tough things knowing that there's that inter interdependent relationship that's so important. Thanks for sharing that, Andy. That thing about supporting and receiving support and inspiring and spurring on, that must be crucial in your role as an evangelist. Can you tell us about how that impacts the way that you are a lead evangelist? Yeah, I guess I, I read very recently where somebody said, if God made people in his, in his image what would it be like if the church actually believed that? And I, I, I kind of thought, well, you know, surely the church does believe that. But what, what I started to realize is that how we talk to people, how we approach people and how we engage with people really matters. So what I have done since we moved here to Gloucester is that uh, whenever I'm, I'm, I'm with somebody and you know, some of the people who we've built up some relationship with here, I call out some of the, the ways in which they demonstrate God. Now, for, for some of them, they would never have thought about that. They would never have realized it. They would never have recognized that in themselves. And they probably wouldn't even say that they, they believed in God. But actually, me calling out godliness in them, in how they act, how they think about others, how they serve others, just by being the people who they are, that starts to help them have a whole different perspective on, on who they are. So actually, the, the way that I do a lot of my relational stuff is that I, I, I call out that godliness and point things out to people, and, and they start to recognize it. And, and it takes time, but they start to actually believe it in themselves. Yeah, Andy, I can definitely see that to be true. You are definitely someone who is an encourager, who really calls things out in people in a positive way. And I think that is such a gift. I really do. Because I think often 
we don't see those things in us that God has given and we do need someone else to pull those out for us. When I meet a lot of people and you get chatting to them, you see that a lot of people really struggle with self-confidence. And even if to begin with, they look like they have it together and they're confident, once you start to dig a little deeper, you see that that isn't actually the case. I know that from from myself, I often struggle with self-confidence and I have to remind myself that actually what's important is kind of God's confidence, God's confidence in me and how he sees me and my identity. And when I remember that, I feel like I can live much more freely than relying just on my own self-confidence. And so, yeah, I really do think that being able to call that out in people and encourage people is an amazing gift that you have. Uh, Just to add to that, I think that often in the Bible, you see cases of that where God calls things out in people, gives them new names. When Jesus does that, he says that you're going to call Peter the rock and the church is going to be built on you before Peter ever has done anything that deserves that title. And if that was me and Jesus went, you're going to be the rock which my church is built on, I'd be like, whoa, Jesus has that confidence in me. He's speaking that identity over me. And I think there's great power in being told something like that, people believing in you before you even have done anything. Yeah, I just want to pick up a little bit on what, what you just said about you know the self-confidence. Of course, yes, go for it. Because I um, there's an ama- amazing leader, a woman called Jo Sexton, who I've heard speak a few times. And she uses a phrase where she says, if you dehumanize people, you rob them of their potential. And I found that really powerful because actually, you know, God's created us. Every single person who has lived, does live and will live, he's created them to be who they are. He's created them in his image. So actually, if we start to believe that, if we actually start Mm. to believe that humans are who they are, then actually we can raise the potential um, of people, but the way that we speak about people, if we almost dehumanize them, if we take away from who they are, then actually we we start to try and almost rob them of their potential. Um, and I think, mm. you know, I, I I don't want to be somebody who robs anybody of their potential. Um, so I'm constantly checking myself about how I speak about others. And I call out whenever I, I feel people are being unfair in how they speak about others. Um, mm. and I, I won't let that happen. Um, but Because I think it's really important that we don't dehumanize people. We don't stop them from being who they are. And therefore, we don't rob them of the potential that God has placed in them. I think that's so true. And I think we have a great opportunity to bring out people's potential in the world. I also think we probably have a great opportunity to speak that over ourselves as well. Imagine if we told ourselves, this is what God thinks of me. This is what God believes in me. This is who God created me to be. And then in that, we're able to live that out. I just think opportunities are big here. (laughs) 
They are big, but sometimes some of the people who kind of plaster over some of those cracks are, dare I say, are extroverts. So sometimes a lot of extroverts will hide some of that stuff underneath just because of their extrovertism. Mm -hmm. Um, And they will be who other people expect them to be, you know, life and soul of the party, lively, bubbly, loud, all of that kind of stuff. They don't face up to what's going on underneath because they're trying Mm -hmm. to portray this other character. And, and that kind of ties in with social media, where people can portray a whole different character on social media by what they write about themselves and so on and so forth, because they don't want others to actually see the real person underneath. And there's a vulnerability in being real. There's a vulnerability in, uh, in being interdependence. And, and all of that is really important. And actually, if we're not prepared to be vulnerable mm. people, then we can't expect others to be vulnerable either. Absolutely. And I think in all of this conversation, it's not about presenting that confident image and presenting yourself in a particular way. It is about that authenticity and being able to honestly work at your flaws and give them to God and be be true to who you are rather than filling in those cracks, as you say. Yeah. And, and don't fall into the trap of comparison, which is really a tough thing. You know, I've Whenever people ask me about the mm. centre of mission here in Gloucester, I keep saying, you know, I will tell people that actually we do what we do, but many centres of mission across Church Army will do different things. There's no blanket. This is this is what a centre of mission actually looks like. All of them are doing different things in their context and what's what's relevant and, and necessary for them. You know, th- th- there's no blanket kind of covering. So, Andy, I know that you are doing an awful lot in Gloucester and Forest Centre of Mission. So before we tie this up, I was hoping you could share with us one, either of your favourite things that's happening at the moment in Gloucester and Forest, or just something that you're really excited about going on at the moment. So we've only been here a year. And I was asked to interview what, what something might look like after being here for three to five years. And God has speeded stuff up in a way that I had never anticipated. So the way that we've managed to journey with a community of about 20 to 25 people, and they've really opened up. There's some real hurt. There's some struggle. There's some great celebration as well. But so there's a whole mix of things going on in people's lives. But just their their openness to to these strangers that have landed in their community within the last year. And and one of the the, the lovely things that happened about a month into lockdown was that one of them actually reposted something that we put on Facebook and said, you need to listen to these guys because they are bringing hope to people. And I just thought, what a, you know, we didn't tell them to write it. It was just a really nice thing. and, And it felt very humbling actually, to, to read it. I had no idea they re- mm. they'd written it until I actually read it myself on Facebook. I was just like, wow, they're actually telling others to listen to what we're doing. And that felt really humbling. That's fantastic. And something that I think about our Centres of Mission is that so much of the work that you and our other evangelists are doing are about bringing that hope, bringing something more, because Jesus is part of all of that. So something that Andrew, who leads the Church Army Mission community, always says is thank you for being you rather than 
thank you for what you're doing. Although that's valued as well. And so to end this, Andy, I just want to say thank you so much for who you are. We really do appreciate you sharing everything you've said on identity. As you say, it's such a crucial thing to think about. And to everyone listening, I also want to say thank you for who you are. And if you're listening and you're like, who am I? What is my identity? I just really encourage you to go to the Bible and see what God says about you. What are those truths that he says? One that just comes to my mind straight away is how God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's just one place we can really start with. Hold on to the truth that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. It's been really great to have you in on this conversation. If you have things to contribute, we would absolutely love to hear from you. So please do get in touch on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tweet us, send us a direct message, or you can also email us at hello at churcharmy.org. And if you haven't listened to our last episode, we talked about race and Black Lives Matter. And I'd really encourage you to have a listen to those episodes. We've split it into two parts because it's such a big conversation and we really wanted to give the space for that. So please check them out. Until next time, enjoy life. Remember your identity is in God and we look forward to speaking to you soon. 